Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. And I am Kathy Groover, and we have another amazing guest today. So excited to welcome Megan Warren of Megan Warren Design. How are you doing today, Megan? I am so good. Thank you for having me. We've got the California connection represented here. We've got Jason in Southern California. I'm on Central Coast, and you're up in like the San Francisco Bay Area, right? That's right. I'm in Alameda. Oh, very cool. Alameda's a cool little place, you know? Yeah. It is. It is. It's a funky little island town. You're close to the city, but yeah, we like Uh, it. Awesome. Yay. All right. So tell us what you do. What what has brought you to this point in your life? Sure. I am a residential interior designer. Um, And what has brought me to this point in my life? Um, uh, Well, I would say that um, I, I grew up in Utah, in Salt Lake City, Utah. My dad was a contractor a residential contractor. So building was always happening. Homes were always changing. My home was changing too for different reasons. Um, But I was always kind of focused on homes and houses and changing and and all of that. So, um, and and always interested in art. I knew I would be in art or in design some way. Um, So when I was 20, I relocated from Salt Lake City, came to San Francisco to study interior design um, got an internship kind of immediately and has, they've just been working in the field ever since. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So off camera, I said, what's the difference between a decorator and a designer? Because I assumed there was a difference, but I actually didn't really think about that much. So what is the difference between an interior designer and interior decorator? Sure. So, you know, I, I, again, I don't correct people when they call me a decorator because I feel like you say you're an interior designer and people think Easter bunny anyway. Um, <laughs> But an, a decorator, I think, is more soft goods. So they, they're coming in and they're saying, you know, here's some cute pillows and maybe we change the lampshade and maybe some drapes mm. here. An interior designer is thinking more holistically. So, and, you know, oftentimes from a, re, a remodeling perspective, what walls can we move? Um, mm. Hard finishes. Uh, how is the furniture going to lay out in the room? Those types of things. Yeah. Well, oh, even, okay. even down to the, the fixtures, you know, as well, plumbing, Absolutely. electrical, other stuff like that to be able to, to tie in the whole look as well. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, my dad was a contractor too. Okay. So I grew up in Boise, but I have a lot of family that lives in Utah as well. So uh, yeah, it was, my dad started dragging me to the, to the job site when I was eight years old. Yes. Right. That was my summer job. So you probably the same way, exactly. but, but, uh, but I know, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because let's let's dig maybe a little bit more into that because I, I think it's always fascinating why people get to where they are as well, right? So I grew up on the job site. I know how to build a house. I could do pretty much everything, but I consciously chose not to be a contractor, <laughs> right? Um, I love houses. I love real estate, um, but, but, you know, I chose to go a different path where, you know, again, you you chose to to go to school for this sure. so so there must have been something more kind of behind why you want to spend your life doing this yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think you're absolutely right you're onto something um i think well there 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 were a couple things it's it's what i knew right it's what i knew how to do um 
both from watching my father do it, but also just uh, like I have an inherent creative sense, I think about the physical world. Um, I think that, that if we didn't live in our society, I would probably be an artist. Um, I like to make things and I like color and I like texture, um, but I had to make money. And so, so being an mm -hmm. interior designer was, I think, a, a way to do both of those things. Um, and then as an aside, I, I am very good with, with people, I think, and, and working with people and sort of figuring out what their needs are um, and just sort of helping people along the path of, of getting where they want with their homes. Um, so that, that was sort of just a natural bonus um, that I think has, has kept me doing what I'm doing and doing it, I think, pretty well. Yeah. Well, there's such a power in what you do. And people probably don't think about this. Like you get to help people realize their dream home. Totally. And you get to put them in an environment that is nurturing and beautiful and more creative, which allows people to be more productive. So can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, like, what is the power of how you lay out your home or how you decorate your home? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so um, specific. The needs are so specific per client. So, I mean, part of the, a large part of the job is really um, working with people and figuring out how they live and, and really getting into the details of it. You know, how old are the kids? What do they do? Do they do a lot of sports? Uh, how much do you cook? Um, I kind of lost sight of the question, but I mean, I mean, that, that <laughs> <Yeah>. really, <laughs> that really is, is the job is, is learning people and then creating a space that works for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but still sort of re represents like a, a larger view, view of, of beauty and like, you know, just as, as I guess, a that is sort of current so that that because that's what a lot of people want too, right is is they want their friends to come over and think wow this is a great space but also that it represents them in the way they yeah. are yeah yeah because well, there, there there is an and i'm sure that there's you know because as you're talking to I, I remember like when boeing built the 787 they spent billions of dollars on this thing and there were a whole bunch of design elements that they put in that none of us even know about, right? I mean, a lot of these things are kind of subconscious and other things like that to where, you, you know, but we're all, you know, we, we go into a certain space and some spaces just make us go and feel relaxed, right? Mm -hmm. And others, it's just like, there's just something wrong with this. this you know, uh, ew, something's what? not up, right? Can't put my finger on it, yeah. You can't put your finger on it. And so I'm sure, you know, what you're doing is, yes, there's kind of the, you know, keeping up with the Joneses side of it of, hey, I want my house to be beautiful and the neighbors to think it's wonderful. But there's also a deeper thing to it as well, I think, be, with the person and the productivity and, 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 and the way that they're able to relax or enjoy that space where we are, especially now, more of us are home more than ever. And so, you know, you want, you want where you're hanging out the most to be the most productive for you. And productive is the wrong word, but I think you know what I mean, right? So yeah. what, what are some of those kind of things like that, that, that people may not even realize that you're helping people do? Yeah, I mean, so, so sort of when I'm first meeting with a client, we kind of come up with like their list of things that they want, right? 
Um, so I want an office space. Let's say someone wants an office space and, and I want it to be clean and modern and I want the Zoom background to look great. Um, so, okay, we've got our sort of, you know, North Star of the plan or whatever. Um, and then we get into the details and like, oh, I don't want to get rid of that. And I don't want to get rid of that. And, but I love my coat rack. Um, so, so part of my job is really like not losing sight of those goals that we came up with at the beginning of the project. Um, and it's taken me years, years to figure out how to bulldoze people correctly. <laughs> so, so that, so that we achieve those goals without, because it, it, there's a reason people hire me, right? Because they can't um, let go of things like that, uh, or figure out a different way to do things so that, that we get to a place where the space still represents them, but also functions for them. Yeah, that makes sense. that's a good point. I totally forgot about the you having to deal with people's clutter and my great aunt Mary's coat rack that she loved so much. And where do I put that? I mean, it's the same thing when I do coaching with people, right? They come in with a specific goal. And then after a couple of weeks, I go, you know, you're not acting. You said you wanted to do this thing. And what I see you doing is this thing. So like, where can we bring that back? You know, it's about you paying such close attention to what they said they wanted. Right. And helping them navigate that. I mean, that's, it's, there's such a psychology to that that I didn't even really think about. Yes. Yes. You have to be so gentle, but also like firm at the same time, <laughs> like, um, because it, it costs them money too to, to change their mind 300 times and, and to, to, to take a different route in the middle of the project. And yeah. Yeah. Mm. So if somebody wants to work with a decorator or a designer, damn, mm -hmm. I did it. <laughs> I should know better. Uh, if somebody wants to work with someone like you, how do you find a designer that like jives with you? How do you kind of shop for someone to help you do this sort of thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't do a lot of shopping for interior designers, but, but what I, what I hear is that, you know, maybe half of my business comes from referrals. Mm. Um, so, you know, you ask your friends, you see someone with a good space. Um, a lot of us are not as expensive as you'd think. Um, so it's worth asking around. So I think, I think I get a lot of referrals, but then I come up on Google for people too. Mm. Um, house is a great way. And I've had people find me on Instagram, um, even though I'm not a heavy Instagram user. So, you know, those are all ways to find interior designs, but, but to find one that gels with you, I would say interview a few. Um, and, and that's part of my process too, is, is I'm interviewing clients to make sure that I like them and that they like me um, because this is such a personal thing. Mm -hmm. um, we wanna make sure we understand each other, that we speak the same language um, and that we're connecting. Because with lead times right now and the way construction is going, we're gonna be friends for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because supply chain has been disrupted. I know one of my friends is building a new house. And at first, the contractor was like nine months. Uh, no, maybe a year, uh, probably 18 months, right? Because yes. they, they can't get in yeah. a lot of the things that they're looking for. And there is, I mean, people are remodeling like crazy and they're yes. and, and doing stuff. So so a lot of that stuff is is kind of you know in a hiccup, which which actually brings up brings up a good point too, because I, I think it's you know for most people their home is their biggest investment, mm -hmm. right? It represents the most money that they've outlaid. Um, it also you know ranks as one of the top stressful things: buying, remodeling, Absolutely. selling a home, are all kind of up in the top five. 
And so, you know, that importance of having a relationship with the right person, I think is, is important as well. And that's what you're kind of looking for. And that's what people should be looking for. Because like you said, you're going to be with this person probably for a while. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you also like, if you're, you know, already lined up with an architect or a contractor, you want to make sure that those people can work really well together um, oh. because you're going to have a relationship with the architect or the, or the contractor for potentially that long as well. Yeah. So this is sort of an esoteric question. How do you tell if you are going to gel with that person? I mean, are there like keywords you listen for? Is it just a feeling you get? I mean, cause you've been doing this a long time. So yeah. how do you, how do you know if that relationship's going to actually be a strong one? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I have like a little list, a checklist of, of things that I'm looking for when I'm talking to clients, um, potential clients. Uh, it is largely intuitive for me. Um, mm -hmm. I think I just kind of know in my gut whether this is my person or not. Um, and then there's the obvious things like what is the budget? What is their tolerance for uh, project delays? Um, you know, those, those kind of more obvious things, but yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's a good lesson for all of us because I know I've gotten in bed with clients, you know, figuratively, uh, where, you know, it ends up being a nightmare because I was either desperate for the business or, well, somebody recommended them or, oh, they really said they want to work with me. And, and then it ends up being a nightmare. And I think so often we forget that it's a choice both ways. You know, yeah. I've had people say, oh, I don't know if I want to interview that for that job because I don't know if I really want it. It's like, you don't have to take it, yes. um, you know, but the more people you talk to and that more that list develops of what that ideal person looks like. And I think in any profession, we forget about that, that it's a two-way relationship and you get to choose, you get yes. to build that relationship. And I, Jason, you do coaching too. I'm sure there's clients that you've gone, no, I'm not doing that. Well, and that is, I mean, that's an important thing that, you know, at first, especially when you're starting out, it's like, oh, anything, just give me anything, right? Yes. But, but you know, as you were talking, I was kind of remembering this one guy that my dad built a house for, and he was the client from hell. You know, I still remember the man's name. He's been dead for a long time, so I don't want to embarrass any offspring. But, you know, again, it was, it was my dad's choice, right? I mean, he got, he got into that relationship. It was one that he probably never should have gotten into because you know the time delays the 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 back and forth with changing their mind you know with with all of these things and like you said those those things add up i mean change orders other things like that and and all of a sudden you know if a, if a person can't can't change their mind you know it's 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 uh, it's very difficult it drains you it drains them as well yes yeah. And you still have the option. Well, I guess it depends, you know, where you are in the project, but like you can still leave, you know, you, you don't have to see it completely through, yeah. um, which is taken. I'm still learning that to be honest with you, but yeah. yeah, I mean, people, people change or you see a different side of somebody in the middle of, of a project and you think, okay, I have these three more deliverables and if there's any scope creep, it's just, I'm cutting it off. Yeah. Um, but I'm still practicing that. <laughs> it's hard. I'm still terrible at fi firing clients too. I mean, you don't want to do it. There's, you know, you, you committed to that thing and you want to, you want to finish it. And yes. So my office at my office, I'm at my, I'm at my house, my office at my office 
is filled with stuff from clients, things from all around the world. And I can tell you what every little item, where it came from, who gave it to me. Jason and I have done a couple episodes of what's on my desk, where we'll just grab random things off our desk and talk about what it means to us. Yeah. Um, what is the importance of crafting a space that has that stuff in it, that doesn't become a, a, a I mean, like mine's very cluttered, that doesn't become a clutter mess, but what is the importance of having those little touchstones of things that, that you love that remind you of your past? Yeah, I think that is so important. So, I mean, it, this is like sort of in the accessorizing stage of a project for me. So, you know, the built-ins are in, the furniture is mm -hmm. in, um, we've already talked about if we're keeping grandma's armoire, coffee table, whatever it is. So that's incorporated, but then we're accessorizing. A lot of people don't buy stuff like trinkets and boxes and great looking coffee table books. So a lot of the time I bring a big pile of stuff over. I look at what somebody has. Um, and we talk about that. We talk about like, why is this important? I made that in college or, um, my son made that when he was in first grade, you know, so that's, and then we kind of eliminate, we edit. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think that, that that kind of stuff is really what makes a space personal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and connects us to, to our homes. Um, you know, and, and even, even when I'm working with clients, you know, I really like them to be involved in every choice. And I, and I learned that, you know, Denise hates plaid because of Catholic school and uh, Andrew doesn't like wicker because he had a terrible experience in Hawaii. Like, so they, mm. you know, they, I, their, their stamp is on all the furniture and things that we've chosen. Um, but th those final touches and those accessories that, that have meaning is, is kind of just like the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, I think that's important because I know, you know, some friends of ours, they, they just did some remodel on their house. And, and a lot of times when, you know, designers or decorators come in, they pretty much do the whole thing. They, they, they do it to kind of, you know, make it like an architectural digest or whatever yes. the current magazines are, right? Because they want this showpiece house. But so much of the time, it feels like, the client's personality is not there. Yeah. You know, like you said, I mean, coffee table books, other stuff like that. They, they just remodeled their house. We went over, I'm like, Hey, you've got an Aaron Slim's book here. And they're like, Oh yeah. Our designer brought that. And I'm like, you don't know who he is. I love him. You know, I mean, little, little things like that, but, but it seems like sometimes when people go through the process, it becomes so sterile Yes. that it's not, it's not still their space. So it sounds like it's important though to 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 incorporate some of those things in as well because we're not living in a hospital it's a home and it should reflect but, us as well yeah absolutely and I think um that is definitely one of my strong suits I guess or like uh, something that is really important to me um in design is to is to not make this space look like a living spaces catalog um, I want it to look like home and I want it to look like personal, a personal space. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that inspires us, right? I mean, and that's one of the reasons Jason and I did the what's on my desk episodes is, you know, we put these things around us because we love them because they inspire us because they move us forward in some way. So to, and I bet it, cause I, when I used to do out call massage, I would walk into some of these, these, you know, like really showcase homes. And it was like out of a catalog, I mean, like 
every pillow was perfect and everything was different shades of gray. And then there was these books on the table that you know they didn't read. And right. then there was like, you know, one carousel horse and you're like, what the hell is that doing there? I mean, it looked like, it, it's like, what is that for? And was it, was it, is that actually yours or did some designer just like, you know, go to page 32 and randomly select some right. piece of color to be in the house? Um, do people have, and I, I've read the books about clutter and productivity and all the stuff. Do you, have you found that people really have trouble letting go of these things? What does that say deeper about that person? Yeah. Um, I, I find that by the time people are working with a designer, they're ready. They're ready to let go of some stuff. Um, or they have a basement that, that all the things that they love that they know they shouldn't have are going to. I mean, let's see, what is your, what, what was the question? <laughs> well, talking about people who don't want to let that stuff go and sort of, you know, how do you help them navigate through that sort of thing? Yeah, I, I use the word edit a lot, right? Mm. So I feel like let's find, let's find what is the most special thing? What are the most special, mm. you know, five or eight objects to put on the shelf? If we put it all on there, it looks like a yard sale, you know, and I'm not afraid to say yeah. it because it, <laughs> It, it does. I mean, I mean, there's like a, there's a difference between doing a display and, and doing it artfully and just piling it on. You know, I, I like to edit yeah. and I like to rotate too. So, you know, that's another option is we get a big, you know, big Rubbermaid storage bin. And in the fall, you get to swat, switch out your accessories and, you know, we can come over and help with that if, if, if you want. <laughs> that's a great idea. I never thought to do that, especially yeah. being in such a small place. Like I never thought about rotating stuff and I just shove everything. Oh, it does sort of look like a yard. I mean, it does sort of look like a yard sale. It's house. a great idea. And it, and it gives you an opportunity to sort of um, re-love things, you know, when you haven't seen it for six months mm. and now it's all clean and pretty and sitting on a couple of books, you appreciate it more, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask too, I mean, because, you know, I know a lot of people listening, they might not be at that point of bringing in a designer. I mean, are, are there some little tips that you give to people just about trying to make, you know, whether it's your workspace or some area in your house, some little things that people can even just kind of try out or do for themselves? Because I'm thinking, especially now, you know, it's, it's, we've been in the work from home for a couple of years for a lot of people, but you know, I think that was one of the reasons why people were going out and buying bigger houses and other stuff. Cause it's like, man, if I'm going to be home, I'm not going to be on the kitchen table like this, you know, while the kids are running around and screaming, Yeah, I need a space to, that, that's, that's going to help me actually work better. So are there, are there kind of some little tips or things like that, that you give, give people to, at least as a starting point to try to help them out if they're not quite ready to, to hire a designer? Yeah. I mean, I would say, a, a big one is experimenting, giving yourself the time and the space to actually play around with, with furniture layouts. Mm. Um, you know, don't just let things go stale. I think things need like an energy shift. So, you know, if you're feeling funky in your office, move the desk to the other wall. You know, even if it feels like, no, that wouldn't work for X, Y, and Z, just try it. Just try some different stuff. Um, carve out an hour or two of time just to make small changes just to see, and it might rejuvenate you for a week or maybe you move it back. And so I, I would say just play around and, and um, get in touch with your space a little bit that way. Yeah, well, that's a great idea. Yeah. It seems like that might be where some of the intuitiveness comes in too, right? Because I, I watch my wife do this. We'll, 
we'll buy a new art piece or something, right? And so I'll I'll see it at this place in the house, and then you know a day later it's over here, and yes. then it's then it's over there, and then finally it kind of finds a resting point, if you will, right? Yes. Because I think she she kind of walks by and she's like, nope, that's not where it goes. It moves yeah. it somewhere else. Uh, still doesn't feel right over there. Yes. And finally, it kind of finds that resting point. And like you said, we can we can do that with little things. It's even just like moving, you know, things from one side of the desk yeah. to the other or Absolutely. whatever else, right? Yeah, it's like you move a plant around a room to see where the where it gets the best light. Um, yeah, yeah, just play around. That's a great idea. Yeah, I tend to do that with wall color. Like I'll get a bug up my ass and just be like, I just need to paint this wall. Yeah, <laughs> which is a little more permanent than moving the desk around the room. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to knock out walls and go. Now I liked it better when it was there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little too late for that one. <laughs> cool. Oh my gosh. And of course, we've uh, we've run out of time because we do this with amazing guests. Uh, Jason, any final words for you? Or throw out there. No, I think this is great. I, th I think it's a it's a good. Uh, you know, relationship is important. It's got to feel right. Um, but but I think you know again, it's what you're doing with the space and that we all probably need to kind of look around, especially if we're feeling maybe a little funky. Yeah. It's like, just try something, you know, move something a little bit, do something different, paint a wall. Shake it up a little. Yeah. Shake it up a little bit because I think we do, we tend to kind of get in that, in that rut or routine or, or even sometimes, you know, like when you're talking about the, 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 you know, modern look that people want usually, why? Because, you know, it, it, it looks old, right? Like we have popcorn ceilings in our house here. Yeah. Well, popcorn ceilings have a very 70s, 80s, 80-ish vibe to it, right? It doesn't bother me. It bugs the hell out of my wife. Yes. <laughs> so, so even little things like that, because there might be things around us that we're not even realizing, yes. like grandma's armoire or whatever, right? That, yeah. that just doesn't serve us anymore. Right. And it's time to let some of those things go too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love the idea of rotating if you have the space to do that. Maybe grandma's on work comes out in the winter because that's where we put the blankets that we use on the couch. And maybe in the summer it goes away and we pull out granddad's smoking chest or, you know, something yes. like that. So, yeah, I love that idea of rotating. If yeah. you've got the space to do that, that's awesome. Yay. Oh, this has been such a fun conversation. I love talking about design and color and, and just because when we create a space, it just, it, it, it fuels us. It makes us have a, a more full life rather than Absolutely. just being yes. surrounded by, I got to clean some stuff up. Um, <laughs> cool. Megan, how can people reach you if they want to talk to you about some design stuff or work with you up in the, the Bay Area? Sure. Yeah. My website is a great place. It's just meganwarrendesign.com. Cool. Yeah. And what is your, because you said you get some stuff from Instagram and I follow you on Instagram. So what is your Instagram handle? Also Megan Warren Design. Cool. <laughs> Beautiful. Yay. This is so exciting. All right. I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out, just create a little bit of a different space in your house or your office this week and just see how it makes you feel. Catch you on the next episode of the Fire Hope Podcast. See ya. See ya. Thank you.